Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. UWA 517, do you want to report a UFO? Negative. We don't want to report. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. We want to report one of those either. Uh, Aries 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind of it? I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Aries 31, uh, me neither. Aries 71, pop the golf, good. Yeah, was anybody above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago? Aries 71, pop the golf, negative. Okay. Pop this. A UFO. Yeah. It's murder 295. Yeah, something just passed over. So, uh, like us. Don't know what it was, but it's at least two, three thousand feet above us. So, yeah, I passed right over the top of us. 911. You guys busy? Did we just call about the UFOs? Mm-hmm. They're out there. They yeah. airplanes. Welcome to UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at UFO Chronicles at gmail.com
Welcome to UFO Chronicles, Roger. Hi, Nick. Appreciate you coming on today and sharing your encounters for us. Can you start with where you're from and then go into your first UFO encounter for the listeners, please? I live in New Zealand. I've had a number of strange experiences throughout my life, um, but I will talk about three experiences, um, but I may I may recall some more. They kind of go back to some odd occurrences from childhood, but we'll start with the most memorable event in my life. And this would have been in 1998. Uh, this was in New Zealand in a region called the Wairarapa. And at the time, I was studying a certificate towards a diploma in computing. Um, at the time where we lived, there was no buses because you would have to travel to another town, which was about 30 minutes away. So I was quite lucky. I had some really good friends when I was studying. And there was a woman called Judy. And um, she used to pick me up on her way to the, the Polytechnic in Masterton. And she would also drop me back to my hometown in Carterton because we were both in the um, same class. Uh, well, anyway, what happened was we'd finished a class. We were working late and she drove me back from Masterton. It was a normal night. Nothing was different or strange about the night. It was just a normal night. Um, and I arrived home. In my earlier days, I was a relatively heavy smoker, like a tobacco smoker. Anyway, so I arrived home. And at that particular time, you know, I would drive home. I was about 18, 19, came home, you know, uh, came in the door. You know, my parents would leave me some food. Um, they had gone to bed. I'd, I'd, you know, chowed down and eat whatever was there. And then I went outside for a cigarette. And we lived um, in a town called Carterton. We lived on about 6.8 acre section. So the closest house, a good 50 metres away from us, at the front, um, possibly a bit more into this, into the right, maybe um, maybe a hundred meters. Um, and we had this uh, porch on the outside. It was an open porch, uh, had a concrete floor. And I do remember before I went outside, I looked at the time, and it was about nine thirty, forty-five or somewhere around there. I went outside, and um, from our porch there was a very small fence because there was a, a swimming pool and you could look out towards the hills in the Wairarapa, um, out towards the hills in Carterton. Um, and I was just casually sitting there um, smoking um, and just unwinding from um, things that I had to learn throughout the day. And it was dark out, you know, there were stars in the sky. It wasn't very cold out because I don't remember having a jacket on. So you had quite a wide horizon that you could look at from where we were because it wasn't really built up. You know, you could see the hills in the background. You know, there wasn't loads of buildings. Pretty much it was just uh, just a small uh, factory that was maybe, you know, 60 metres behind us that wasn't very high. And you could see all the hills and the area that we're in, you know, um, you didn't really see aeroplanes you know it wasn't an area that you really saw planes so I was just relaxing and I and as I was kind of I guess kind of staring into nothing nothing this and enjoying my cigarette I looked to the right and um there was this um in the sky you know it looked like it was above slightly above the hills but much closer towards me um probably three or four hundred meters back behind the railway line 
uh, distance and high up, there was up in the sky, there was this really bright uh, white light. And it was, re- and I mean, it was a really intense white light. It stood out so much from like all the stars in the sky because how bright it was. And it was probably a lot brighter than what you would expect to see from like a plane's lights or a helicopter's lights. But it was the light, the white light just, it flashed on and it flashed off. It flashed on and it, it flashed off. What caught my attention initially was I thought, whoa, um, I didn't think it was a plane because I couldn't hear anything. I don't know why, but I instantly thought it was a helicopter. And I thought, why that helicopter has really bright white lights. I didn't know, you know, they could be that bright. And then as soon as I, th- I thought that in my head, the lights changed from uh, white to a bright, a, a, a solid red uh, light, just a singular light. Um, but initially, as the white light went off and on, it was just kind of slowly moving along, just like you'd expect like a plane or helicopter to kind of track in the sky, you know, maybe maybe a little bit slower. But, you know, um, at the time, I couldn't hear anything. Um, so, you know, I just assumed it was because of the distance. But as I said, as I had this thought, boy, this light's really bright, it went to a red light. And it, it went to like um, a bright red wasn't overly bright, but it was a bright red. It started like um, a solid red. It got slightly brighter, but it, it just kind of moved along. Like there was no, the red light didn't um, flash on or flash off. It was just like a red light in the sky. So I thought that was a little bit unusual. Um, and by this time, I, you know, it had caught my attention. And I thought, you know, I was wondering why this what I thought was a helicopter because all I could see was a light. I wondered why they had changed from white light to just a red light. It kind of slowed down a little bit. You know, I thought, oh, what's it doing? And then it was like a flash like that. Um, and the analogy I can give you, it was like someone taking a flashlight and kind of like at night and quickly going one way and then the other. It was like a, it was that fast. It was like a stream of light from way, way out near the hills, you know, it wasn't right out near the hills, but, you know, that kind of distance, that distance and the stream of light, it was just so instantaneous. It, it was like someone had fixed like, like a red stream of light in the sky. It's the only way I could put it. And the light was from that distance, um, you know, over the property, over the, the, the fence near the porch and the swimming pool and went out to the side, you know, just like that, it was like it, it was just so fast. It was like, yeah, I can't. It, that's the best way I can describe it. And there was no, and, and the other thing it was I noticed, which was odd, was I didn't actually notice any other sounds. It was like every other sound around me, I wasn't aware of. Anyway, so I actually thought um, that this object. Um, by this time, I realised it wasn't a plane or a helicopter. That this was definitely something. Um, not from this earth, but at the time it didn't actually frighten me because I actually thought that the object had passed over, you know, flown over the pool and I thought, you know, thought it would have gone past the house and I would have just, I just assumed that maybe it had flown off towards the hill somewhere. So I, I wasn't expecting to see anything else, but I was just inquisitive. And of course, where the porch was, if you can imagine to the right side, there was a footpath uh, that went along the side of the house, and like there was a little little gate near the porch, 
uh, uh, like a, a gate so that no kids could, you know, sneak in the property and, and, and get into the pool. So the gate was right next to the, the side of the porch. So I walked down the stairs and I walked out a little bit. Um, I probably walked a little bit onto the grass and then I just walked a little bit out and popped my head around and looked towards the side of the house. Um, what I saw, it, it, it just, um, it was just pure, initially it was just pure shock. And I mean, just shock. It was like what I was seeing, I could not believe what I was seeing. It was just too surreal for my senses. There was a disc and I would estimate um, it would be about the size of a, of a large bus um, and width was um, hovering fixed. Center of the disc was probably maybe about six meters away from the house, but was approximately twice the height of the house up and was just maybe, no, maybe slightly, probably slightly lower than that, just hovering there. And it wasn't making a sound, and it had a red light on the bottom, but it wasn't a round light, like a, like a round light you have on a car. It wasn't a square light. How would I describe it? You know, if you can imagine the blacks of the black parts of a frog's eye and how they're kind of weirdly shaped, the lights, it was, it followed the edge of half of it, and then it kind of came in to the center. A bit, a bit like an hourglass if you were to look at this, the silhouette of it. Um, but that was red, and I do remember all I could see was the bottom of the the ship because of the height. I could just see the bottom, but I could just barely realize um, because the angle that I was looking at it that I could I would be able to see the top, but there was no lights on at the top. The only light that was on was these two strange lights that followed the edge of the saucer and I, I remember what struck me about the lights was that the the light dissipation across them was perfect and you know back then you know I, I I back then I wasn't aware of you know LED lights but I think if I was to put it into a modern perspective it, you know we would equate it to you know an LED, maybe a designer LED light that's in a certain shape. So it was, I would, I, I believe it was some kind of like molded flat panel LED on the bottom of it or some similar technology. But after the initial shock, um, like within the first half second, it was shock and it probably took like maybe a fraction more of a second to actually comprehend what I was looking at the next thing was pure fear it was a fear on a level I can't describe it was unadulterated fear because um I thought to myself you know and if this thing has done this um this is way beyond our technology um I, I was very um worried something was going to happen um, because I'd, I had read and heard about other people's accounts in the past, um, but I never ever expected that I would be seeing a craft this close in my lifetime. So it was it was really a pure unadulterated fear. Um, and I remember looking, standing at this thing, and saying, one of the things I, I said to myself 
was, you know, I don't even think I said it. I, I thought it was like, I don't want anything down here because if I was to see something, it would just scare the shit out of me. Um, and then the next thing was like throughout my life, um, I get this, I get this message that come, I get these, I get messages and I don't get them every day or every month or every year, but I, I kind of get like these messages that come to me and they're like short one liners. And on the dozen times that I've got them in my life, they've always helped me out of a situation. And it said to me, uh, curiosity kills the cat. And I thought to myself, yeah, you don't want to be too curious because something might happen. So by this time, my heart, and I have all this adrenaline and my heart's beating, but really, really beating because there was a lot of fear there. I was that frightened that it was, it was almost like, I can't explain it. It was like, because there was so much fear and the whole um, surrealness of it was so overwhelming. Um, all I could do was slowly walk towards, uh, you know, walk towards the porch. And I stood inside the porch and there was a window, um, but because because of the view of the window, I couldn't see the disc. And I probably stood there for a good minute or two, literally shaking, shaking. Um, and all I could say to myself was, what do I do? What do I, and I still remember it to this day saying to myself, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Um, it was kind of like, you know, when, um, you know, like when people kind of ha have an experience as an experience and it's too much for them, they kind of go into a bit of a shutdown. It felt a little bit like that. And then I thought to myself, you know, maybe, maybe I should go upstairs and wake my parents up. Uh, but I thought, nah. Knowing my luck, by the time I get up there, they'll be gone and um, they'll be angry at me for waking them up. So um, I eventually decided to walk into the house. So I opened up the door and I shut the door. And by this time, I still um, didn't know if the disc had gone or not. And I walked upstairs and I was still saying to myself, what do I do? What do I, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then I think I was too frightened to stay downstairs because it was like a, a two-story building. So I walked upstairs and I think I sat, sat in my room. I was frightened that something would come in the house. I was really petrified. And um, I was just so overwhelmed. Like part of me had shut down and part of me wasn't there. It was hard to explain. Um, and I think I sat on the bed and I kind of, I think I just waited because I was just really frightened that something was going to happen. And I didn't know what, you know, like maybe something would come in the house. I think I hoped that if I just waited, it would go. And then this, and then it might've been like 10, 15 minutes later, I, I plucked up the carriage and I thought, well, you know, maybe that thing stay out there. Maybe you should take a picture of it. So I kind of, I didn't know where the camera was, so I kind of flipped around and I, and I found the camera and it must have been like 15, 20 minutes later and I, and I managed to get the carriage and I, I kind of got it together and I went back down the stairs and I, I went out to um, open the curtains up, went out onto the porch and I looked around the side of the house and thankfully this disc had gone um, because I think if I'd seen it again, I would have probably gone back into this weird kind of fear shock 
And then I looked out towards the hills and now um, there were probably would have been like a dozen of these red lights, but they were further out towards the hills. But what was bizarre about the motion of these, there was obviously more than one disc out there, probably about 12 of them. But the way that they moved around, the, the, the best analogy I can give you, it was, it was kind of like bugs flying around each other, kind of. They would kind of do this quick dart, like a dart, and then a slow kind of move around and then a dart. And what was bizarre was um, when I got the cap off the camera, and, and of course, you know, um, you can't really see anything because it's at night and I had the light off, so you couldn't really see anything through the camera. Maybe just barely make out these lights. But what was bizarre, I still remember it to this day, was that when you would get them in the viewfinder, just before you would take, um, you know, push the shutter and it was a film camera, they would dart outside the film frame. It was almost as if they could read what you were going to do. And every time you would get them in your viewfinder and try and take a picture, they would shoot out the viewfinder. So you couldn't take a picture. So you couldn't take a picture of them. And I tried and no, no matter how quick I tried to take a picture, they would somehow zoom out the viewfinder. Um, so I gave up in the end. Yeah, so I kind of watched them in the sky for maybe mm, a good half an hour. Um, and then by this time, I kind of had enough. And I'd actually given up watching them, but they may have been out there even longer. But they were just hovering out near the hills. Um, they weren't really doing anything. And then I, I went to went to bed again, but I didn't actually sleep till late. I couldn't sleep till late because I was worried that something might come in the house, but nothing did. Um, and then I, I kind of told my, my parents the next day and my father didn't believe me at all. He thought I was, he thought I was, um, you know, telling a load of rubbish. My mother was open to the idea, um, because she had seen strange things in her, in her life, but she'd never seen, you know, a UFO or anything like that. I think she'd had some odd experiences, but it was nothing, nothing of that nature. Um, so she was open to the idea but my father totally disbelieved me. But what was interesting was probably 10, 11 years later. No, yeah, probably about 10, 11 years later, he had he had an experience where he drove to work and he had lost time um, and he had this object follow him down the road. But that's for not me for me to tell because it's not my story. So, so after that experience, he changed his mind about my story and that was actually him driving from where we were in Carterton into Wellington, he had one that flew across from the hills and sat in front of the car. And he remembers it being odd because there was no cars around when it, when it was in front of the car. Um, so I think that that um, these, if they are beings from another planet, which I obviously think, and my I believe they are, I believe they also have the ability to affect our perceptions around us. Um, I think they have some kind of power to read our minds and maybe manipulate our perceptions a little bit. I do believe that. Um, on retrospect, thinking about it, one experience that I, I always remember. The other one was um, actually in the same house. Um, and, and this one would have been in, I believe it was 2011, I can't remember, it was either 2011 or 2012. But anyway, I was in the upstairs of their house I think it was like half past 12 or one o'clock in the morning. I had got quite engrossed in this book and I put the book down. I had the cat on my bed 
Yeah, I think I was just about to turn the light off. And anyway, in New Zealand, we have possums. So if you don't know what a possum is, look them up. But they, they, they came in from Australia and we have possums here. And they can make kind of weird sounds and they can climb on roofs and stuff like that. But when something really unusual happens and it's a little bit outside the norm, sometimes we go looking for logical explanations when really there shouldn't be a logical explanation. You know that there's something wrong, but you look for the most logical thing to make the weird thing not seem weird. Anyway, um, the cat was on my bed, and I remember there was this massive bang on the roof, and outside my bedroom was a very narrow balcony, and there was a door to go outside. Um, and again, this is on this uh, olive grove farmlet. You know, there's quite a distance from the houses around us in this small town. But anyway, what got me was how big the bang was on the roof. And, you know, the, actually the first thing that went through my mind was I kind of chuckled to myself and I thought, I kind of chuckled to myself and I thought, oh, it's just like in, maybe just like a movie where like a spaceman drops out the sky and lands on the roof. You know, that was kind of like the joke I had to myself because it just seemed to me, my it just felt like for some reason my first gut feeling was that someone had like jumped off something, you know, because I th- actually, when I think of it beforehand, I think it was a strange sound, but it wasn't very loud. Um, and it was, I can't, it was, uh, it was like, it was like, woo, I can't, I can't do it. There was some kind of weird kind of whistling or woo sound. I can't do it, but there was a very mellow kind of wooing, whistling kind of sound. And I could barely hear it, but I, I just I ignored it because I thought it might have been like the wind or something. So I didn't think of anything of it until I looked back. But anyway, it was the, the sound was so loud. And then I thought, well, it can't be a person because I didn't hear a helicopter or plane, you know. And then um, I thought, well, it's got to be a possum. And I was thinking, fuck, man, there's a big possum. And then I kind of thought to myself, well, there's, there's some really strange logic here because, like, what could it have jumped off to make that sound? There's nothing higher I could think of. There was nothing higher around there that anything could jump down on. So it didn't make sense. By this time the cat on the bed was in kind of was in like a its tail was right up and it was yeah, its ears were going. It was completely alert. It was it was like it knew something before I did. And the next minute you could hear like these footsteps. They were really deep footsteps on the roof. And to me, it actually sounded like a person, but I wanted to explain it away in my mind. So I was thinking, oh, that's a that's a big possum. But something about the whole thing just didn't seem right. And so I was a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say scared, but yeah, I couldn't quite put it all together. It just seemed a little bit surreal again. And by this time, you know, the cat is like, uh, like looking towards the door um, in my room, out towards the the. The cat was actually like. It was kind of acting like you know, as as you know, as if like a if like a, a cat had seen something that was a threat, you know. It was kind of, kind of trying to look under the curtain, um, and then it, and then the, what got me was next minute you heard this, you you could feel it, whatever it was had jumped off the roof onto the onto the porch in front of me, and it was that heavy that it actually slightly shook the house. It was you could feel it. And I thought, well, possums don't, that that can't be a possum. That has to be a person. And I thought, well, someone's got on the roof. And I thought, that's bizarre. Why would a person be on a roof at this time of night? I mean, what could they possibly want? 
which didn't really make sense because, you know, how could they have kind of like landed on the roof in the first place? And so I thought, well, I'm not worried because my, my windows and doors are shut. So I was listening, 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 listening to see if I could hear a voice or, you know, hear someone trying to break in. You know, I always I always had this thing about shutting my door. So my door was, was shut, but it wasn't quite shut properly. And my cat, it knew how to, I can't explain it, but my cat could open my door. He, he kind of knew if he put his paw around the side or under, he could open it. And he was very knacked of doing that. But anyway, um, so my cat... I'm still listening, listening, listening. The thing that that struck me as really weird was that I looked at my cat and my cat was looking at the wall and I thought it was really bizarre. It was like the cat could see something that I couldn't. It was like following something. You could see it was following something with its eyes but looking at the wall. But all I can see was a wall. And then the next minute I could hear... uh, I could hear footsteps in the room next door. And I was, this time, I was shitting myself because um, that was a spare bedroom at that time. Um, And I could hear like footsteps in the bedroom. And of course, I wanted to explain, I wanted to place a logical explanation on it. Deep deep down, I knew that someone had got in the house, but I was trying to put a logical explanation on it. So I thought maybe, you know, my parents had come upstairs, you know, and they were in the bedroom. You know, I thought maybe one of them had come up and had gone in the bedroom for some reason. But this, why would they do that at like one o'clock in the morning? You know, they were in bed asleep. So, you know, it's funny how your mind plays, tries to explain away things, you know, when you don't want to face reality. And anyway, so you could hear the footsteps in the room. You could hear whatever it was, like pick something up and put it back down. And then, you know, it was slowly walking around the bedroom and I can't make the sound but I'm pretty sure I know what the sound was it was like someone was fascinated by a quilt on the bed and you know like when you rub fabric up and down it makes that kind of sound well something had put something on the bed and it it rubbed the bed up and down like it was kind of like testing the texture of the bed and I thought well there's definitely someone in that room and by this time I realized you know this is really odd um, and then the next minute, you could hear the cupboard had been pulled open, um, but it wasn't like someone casually pulling the cupboard door open. It was like someone had, you know, like how you slam a door, but kind of like the opposite of that, and you pull a door open, you could hear it being against the wall, but I couldn't hear anything going through the cupboard. I think I could hear something, but I couldn't quite, I think it might have been like some clothes going, I'm not sure. But it, something was looking through the cupboard, obviously, because I could hear the door going. And that by this time, the cat had kind of, I was looking at the cat as well, and you, it had kind of moved towards my, my, my door, was sitting at the door, but kind of like looking towards the corner of the room, you know, towards that room. And then next minute, the next cupboard in the room went, you know, it, it opened up. Not long, within a fraction of a second of that cupboard opening, my cat was trying to open the door on my room. It was like my cat was felt a threat or a presence, and it wanted out the room. And by this time, I was petrified, thinking, you know, uh, who, what's going on? Is it a ghost? You know, what is it? Um, is it a spirit? You know, is someone broken in? But I, I didn't hear anyone open any doors or break any windows. All the doors and windows in the other room were locked on the porch, you know, um, I, I actually checked them the next day, they were all locked. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Introducing the High Strangeness Coffee Blend by Redacted Coffee Company, a medium roast of the Brazilian kind. This medium roast offers flavors of chocolate and vanilla combined with a distinct fruity taste and a unique sweet flora aroma. The experience of high strangeness doesn't end there, with a sweet butter aftertaste that doesn't fade as your coffee cools. This coffee regains its flavors all the way through your cup, ensuring it truly is good to the last drop. The veteran-funded, employee-owned Redacted Coffee Company and UFO Chronicles podcast have partnered together to bring you the best coffee on and off the planet. Get 20% off your first order now at redactedcoffee.com forward slash UFO. That's redactedcoffee.com forward slash UFO. Or follow the link below in this episode's description or click on the banner of my website. This podcast is fueled by coffee oozing high strangeness. So what are you waiting for? Wake up to the strange. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what happened next? My cat had managed to open the door like two inches. And my cat was kind of like in this caution mode 
And I didn't know what was going to happen next, but I was looking towards the door door as well. And you could see by all my body language, the cat, the cat had like a threat presence, you know. And the cat managed to open the door and it kind of like, you could see the cat kind of put its head around the door, you know, just to take a peek. And the cat hissed. It hissed. Like I've never heard my cat hiss in its life. And once it hissed, it managed to open that door up and it ran for dear life. And I could see a gap in the door that was probably like, um, I don't know, 10, 15 centimetres. And, of course, I had the light on, but there wasn't enough light going through the gap, and I could only see from the angle that I was at, you know, probably half of that. And I couldn't see anything. I I could see absolutely nothing. And um, that in itself frightened me because I was expecting, you know, a light to be on outside or something, you know, or, or the door to be open. You know, because I do remember, um, you know, just seeing black, you know. I don't really see, and I'm pretty sure, I can't remember, but I think I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the door was still shut because we, we had a habit of making sure doors were shut if people went in the room. So I was a little bit spooked by that. So I actually shut the door to my room and I kind of waited, wondering if something was going to push my door open. Um, but Thankfully, I think the cat had actually put whatever off was going to come towards my room off. And then about a minute later, I could hear the, the cupboards going in the room in the next spare room. And there was no one in that room. You could hear the cupboards opening, you know, opening. You know, I could hear the, the, the cupboards opening. You know, it, got, it, it decided to go through those cupboards. And anyway, um, so I could by this time I could hear someone downstairs you know and I could hear the door downstairs go and my parents slept in the room downstairs um and part of the house used to be like an old little carport and and so when they came into their bedroom there was a couple of stairs at that time before it was renovated you would kind of go down and you and they they let the dog out my mum had let the dog out so you could hear the dog uh, so you could hear the door open up downstairs but you know the dog wasn't barking the you know obviously the dog was not aware of anything out of the normal but the cat obviously had seen something um i kind of kind of explained it away in my head that you know it, it made no sense that you know she'd come upstairs and gone through the cupboards but knowing for a while that hadn't happened and so i kind of waited for a while you know hearing the dog outside hearing the dog go outside actually made me feel calmer because it was a normal sound and so i kind of waited you know, and I didn't hear anything else. I just heard the dog and, you know, I heard my mother walk upstairs. And by this time, because it was like a, a familiar sound, it kind of relaxed me. And, you know, I'd kind of put some weird logic onto it. And I, I went back to bed, you know, and I turned the light off. And actually, I don't remember anything from that point once I turned the light off. But my mother tells the story that she had put the dog out and she had come upstairs um, and she had decided to make herself um, a cup of tea, so a drink or something. And she had gone into uh, there was a hallway and then stairs that went down from my room. And then as the stairs went down, they went into like a big, um, like living, like a little stage bit to a living room. But it was connected to a kitchen. And, and from the kitchen, from the little door and the little gap. Uh, you know, like a serving gap, you could see towards the door at the bottom of the stairs, you know, that, that were at the bottom of my hallway. And she said, as it took her six months to tell, tell me what she saw, um, she wouldn't tell me initially. Um, it was really funny. She felt quite 
it wasn't until I told her what I'd seen that eventually she told me what she actually saw, but she was very hesitant to tell me. And she said as she was um, that night, when she was downstairs, you know, she made herself a drink and she looked towards the door and she said through the door at the bottom of my stairs at the hallway, she said there was a a man in a spacesuit. And she said what was unusual was that his helmet came down, you know, like you see the astronauts have a helmet that kind of connects around near the neck. She said the helmet came further down came further down than that. Um, but anyway, she said that um, this man, she said, and he was a, a very handsome-looking man, she said this man uh, appeared out of the doorway, you know, at the bottom of the stairs, hallway, you know, oh, I have to, hard to explain, as you turned, there was, a, there was a small hallway bit, then you turned right stairs down and then a door. Out of that door, this man in the spacesuit, um, he walked through the door, he walked across the landing, down the stairs, um, and turned and walked through the sliding doors. Like, he just walked through them, like, literally, like, yeah, just, like, walked through glass. You know, the door didn't open, he just walked through the glass. And then this, we had a lot of odd things, other odd things that happened in the house. Uh, we had strange sounds around the house at different times, and the cats wouldn't come in. The other one... But I had an encounter with, um, an initial encounter with a being that looked just like you and I. And it must have had some kind of like psychic block or something because you could never make out fully what the face was. Uh, but I encountered this this being on two separate occasions. Um, it seemed to have some kind of power over people and it, it tried to, it tried to have some kind of power over me. I had to explain it. I was helping out a, a non-profit and I was talking to a non-profit organization and this was in the wire wrapper. And anyway, so I used to help out occasionally and this person just walked and it was probably um, like, if you, oh, I had to explain, but it was basically like the building was basically square. It had like a little kitchen down one side and like a spare room down the other, which was used for storage. And one day this person just like walked in but rather than greet themselves or say hello to anyone, they just walked straight into the spare room. And I thought it was a bit odd. And I said to the woman that who was the main person that worked there in the daytime, I said, there's a person that's walked in there. That, and they haven't even said hello. They've just walked in there. And something about it just was strange. Like, it was like, there's just something odd about it. So anyway, so she walked in there. And she was probably in there in a minute. And I was, I hadn't, I couldn't hear anything. And I thought, well, I'm not hearing any talking. You know, I'm not hearing any communication. So I shouted out to her and I said, are you okay, Joan? Are you okay? And then this person that walked in just walked straight out the building. And I don't really, I couldn't, I couldn't really comprehend the face. And then she walked out and she looked like she was almost um, dazed or stunned or not all there. And I said to her, Joan, I said, what did that person want? And she said, I don't remember. I don't remember why, what I was doing. I don't remember. I said, well, you went in there to see what that person wanted. And she says, do you know what? She says, I went in there. And I, I don't remember why I went in there. I said, there was a person that went in there. You went to see, went to see what they were doing. She says, I don't remember anything. Well, anyway, um, I don't remember how, 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 how long later, but this, I was, I occasionally used to visit 
because I did some work for them before voluntary. This uh, person, which I, I realized later was probably not a person at all, but was some kind of alien or dimensional being, uh, it, it walked in again when I was there. And I think she was like in the, she was in like the kitchen or something like that or busy. So I was the only one initially in in the main entrance, area, you know, the main part of the building where the services are offered, you know, and um, there was no one else there. Being kind of did like this quick look around and then it approached me and about two meters from me, I couldn't see a face. It was like there was some kind of psychic block. You couldn't see a face. It was like a blur. And and it was projecting the sound, a very penetrating kind of sound. It, it didn't make um, it was some kind of sound or noise. It didn't sound like a language. It sounded like something was being um, projected towards you. But I can't actually remember what the sound was or what it was, but it didn't sound like a language. It sounded like a sound. My first impression, my first, because I have a very good natural sixth sense, um, and intuition with things. My my sense was um, that it was trying to like hypnotize me or put me into some kind of trance. It was trying to take some sort of control over me. And so I remember watching or listening to the psychic and she said, if you ever feel threatened, imagine a white light around you. And I went one step further. I imagined an, an impenetrable wall around me of white light. Um, and then this thing was was I could see that this thing I had the impression after a while like the this the sound was getting louder and louder and it, I I got the impression that this thing felt a little bit confident and it had walked towards me a bit more and then I then I kind of got the impression that this thing was getting frustrated that whatever it was doing was not working on me and I was still picturing this white wall and this I won't say what I've done what I'd done but I pictured something else which was a Chinese method of defense, uh, a concept. I won't call it, I'll call it a concept because it may come in handy one day, just in case it does. But I did something different. And I could tell by this time that this thing was getting frustrated that whatever it was doing wasn't working. And I'd had enough of it by this point, And I pushed it on the shoulder. And this thing kind of looked to the side and I could sense that it got a shock because it wasn't prepared for an interaction. And it kind of took us a step back. And then it, turned around and literally just walked right outside it just walked right out the building and then um i kind of like uh still in a little bit of just found this really hard to comprehend i kind of a couple of minutes later you know feeling a bit safer i walked out towards the door and looked down the road but um i couldn't see anything you know i, I didn't really want to tell anyone because uh, you know i really didn't know what people would think of it and i thought that was all quite weird but then this is when it got vastly more creepy and it, and i mean totally more creepy because this would have been after I finished my studies and on the opposite side this this building was probably like 30 meters up from the polytechnic on the right hand side and opposite that was a bus well it wasn't really a proper bus stop but there used to be an old bottle store which I think had closed down there was a car park and outside there was a like a bus stop um, and I think I had gone I think I had some time off work or something like that or I was looking for work at the time and I was waiting for the bus. There was, it was near an old coach company or bus company. Um, and they had like a little waiting area before an entryway. And it was off the road, kind of near the car park. So I was waiting near for the bus. And I was um, kind of casually 
I was thinking, when is the damn bus going to turn up? You know, it's, it's running. You know, I, I just I didn't really have the patience back then. And then I kind of turned, um, and you could see the the wall of the Polytechnic met the the car park this building, and it was like um, it happened so quick, you couldn't quite determine what it was, but it was like I couldn't see a portal, I couldn't see a spacecraft. Two things had kind of just. Um, manifested maybe 20 or 30 meters off the ground and suddenly kind of like shot down that's the only way I can put it it was kind of like they'd gone through some kind of invisible portal or wall you couldn't see anything but it was like they just kind of appeared through something or a door or so I don't know and and then the next now I, the next minute um there was this thing and I'll call it a thing because um, slowly travelling along this driveway on the Polytechnic, and I was actually expecting to hear like people yelling or screaming. You know, I was thinking maybe people must see that these whatevers have just like um, materialised and fallen from the the sky. And now um, I couldn't quite make out from the distance what they were, but you could tell that they were big. They were big. Um, this thing was big, and I would say about the size. Probably the mass of an of an adult elephant, and there was something else with it which I couldn't quite make out at the time. But you could tell they were moving down the driveway towards the footpath that was further down from where we were. And I, I, it was just so surreal. It was just surreal. It was just I can't explain it. It was just on the most surrealist level, and I wasn't on any drugs. It was just it was just surreal. It was just uh, I can't explain it. I was like thinking to myself, Am I in a movie is this like am i like daydreaming i was like pinching myself like is this a daydream you know and anyway so this being that had walked in and had tried to project and do something with me it was uh walking okay it was walking in front of a being this might sound hard to believe but this this creature this thing i don't know if you've seen starship troopers but um i think near the end you see like the this thing which is like the big brain that is like the at the top of the hierarchy of all the creatures you know and you see in the movie it like sticks its head and it sticks like this claw thing or something out of its mouth into this guy's brain and sucks his brains out i do remember thinking to myself this thing is a little bit like that and it looks a kind of not exactly or similar a little bit you know just a teeny little bit kind of like that but do you know what this creature which was uh do you know what it was that frightening it was that frightening the look of this creature that my mind even to this day has blocked out the details of this creature that's how frightening it was that my brain has some kind of mental block there that I can't remember all the details because they're just too frightening. That's the only way I can say it. This thing was so frightening that my brain won't register the details. It was like I know I just know that there's some kind of psychological block there. But anyway, what I do recall was this thing which was obviously trying to make itself out like to be a human was walking down the road. The only way that my brain can comprehend it to accept it is I think of it like a big spud, okay, um, but it wasn't a spud, but it was that kind of shape. This thing was just literally um, floating. It was floating above the footpath thing, um, and the thing in front of it was walking. And as it turned around, and this thing must have been like the size of an elephant, this, this potato-y, wasn't a potato, but this creature, 
literally the size of an elephant, probably a bit bigger. Um, and as it was being, was walking down and this thing behind it was levitating off the footpath. Actually, come to think of it, I think even, no, it was just the one at the back that was levitating, the spud type thing. I was expecting there to be screams. I was, I closed my eyes because I was expecting like the people that were standing on the footpath to be like screaming and yelling or running away. I was expecting the girls. There must have been like half a dozen people waiting for the bus and I was expecting there to be screams. I was waiting for screams and I was so frightened all I could do was close my eyes because it's so surreal. It was I remember just thinking, Oh my god, this is just like out of a movie. It's just so surreal and I I, I was so frightened and scared. I, I just all I could do was close my eyes. I wanna say that's all I could do. And when I opened my eyes up again, I was expecting it to be gone, but it wasn't. And all the people that were standing around the footpath in their different postures and positions, it was like someone had frozen time or had frozen them. I I can't explain it, but it was like however the people were sitting or standing, it was like they were frozen in time or mentally told to freeze. I don't know, but they were just frozen. It was like someone had just paused time, literally, because I remember thinking to myself, nobody's moving. They're all completely frozen. And I don't remember hearing anything. But I do remember there was this this young girl. She must have been like 16 or 17. This creature which I'd seen earlier, which had this really kind of face that you could never see, was standing to the right of her, literally just standing there facing towards the girl. And this creature, again, I, the only reason I can't recall all the details of this creature because it frightened me that much. I just can't recall the details. It was just so frightening. My mind has blocked out all the details. But I do remember that this creature had some kind of something, like just like a bug, it had like this tube thing that kind of bent down and it had detached itself. Either, I'm not sure exactly where it was attached. I think it was somewhere on her neck or, or further down. I'm not sure exactly quite where it attached, but this tube had attached, uh, this creature had attached itself to this girl, this teenage girl, um, and I could see that it was feeding off her. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was feeding off of her, but it was feeding something off her. It was taking something from her, and I and I just remembered getting this message saying like, "Don't pay attention to it. Turn away and pretend that you don't see anything." And it was the same voice that said to me, "Curiosity killed the cat." And so that in itself just frightened me. It was it was just on such a surreal level. It was just so, so, so surreal that you didn't want to believe what you were looking at. You just wanted to, all I could do was close my eyes and turn away. It was just too much information to, to take in. It was just, it was like you were in a nightmare. That's the only way I could explain it. And I kind of turned my eyes away. And you couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear anything. And I kind of turned away, had my eyes closed, pretending not to see anything. And then when I, it was probably like a minute or two, and then I turned back. And like everyone was like walking around normally. Everyone was like in their normal positions. And it was like nothing strange happened. It was like these two creatures had gone. And it was like, it was like someone had just like switched time on again. And these people were just going about like nothing had happened. They hadn't seen anything. And, and of course, this really makes you question your own sanity. And I got on the bus, and I do remember like the bus had to drive up. 
and sort of drive around a part of town and drive back down the same road. But I do remember this this girl. Um, I mean, what do you say to this girl? I mean, do you go up to a person and say, oh, you know, like five minutes earlier, I saw like this horrible big creature the size of an ele- elephant attached to you and feeding off you? I mean, if you were to tell someone that, they would lock you up or think you're a psycho or something. So, you know, I couldn't, what, what can you say? People will think you're a fruit loop. And now I got on the bus, and I do remember uh, not long after I got on the bus, uh, you could see she was like, from her body language, because I remember her, she sat maybe five or six seats in front of me, and I was on the opposite side of the bus. And you could see, like, she had her hand on her head, you know, um, and she had this kind of, like, expression of her, on her face like a bad headache. And as, as the bus drove around, I looked at her, and you could kind of see from her body language it was getting more intense. And then as the bus came down, I could hear her saying, oh, my God, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. And she got up out of her seat and she said to the bus driver, I have to get off the bus. I have to get off the bus. There's something wrong. I've got the most the most horrible headache. I've never had a headache like this. I had the worst headache. And the bus driver's like, I can't stop here. And she's like, no, you have to stop. I think I'm going to have to go to the hospital. Something is really wrong. I've just got such a bad pain in my head. It's really bad. And so the bus driver actually agreed, agreed and, and stopped just further down outside the polytechnic. But I never know, knew what happened to that girl. But this thing that was attached to this girl, I do remember it was big. This thing was big. It was really, really big. And it was that big that it actually was levitating off the road to the side of the footpath slightly. But I just remember it was just, I just remember it was so ugly. It was kind of like a cross between a bug and a blob. Yeah, I just, I can't explain it. I just have no reference point for it. And I, I know there's details to it I can't recall because it was just so hor- horrifying that my brain is blocking it. I just know it's blocked. Not because anyone's blocked it, because I just know that the, the details of this thing was so frightening. My brain doesn't want me to recall the details of it. The, the property where we lived, like, you know, if my parents would go away on a holiday or something, you know, I would have, uh, sometimes the cats would not come in and there would be this, what used to drive me bonkers was, you know, when my parents went away on this, it was actually an olive grove, was that, you know, I'd have to turn my light on at night because, and it would drive me batty because you could hear, you know, like in Star Trek, you know, like the, you know, like they have these, they have their tricorders that make sounds, you know, and they kind of, they're looking for something and there's a sound, you know, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't like a sound that you hear on a, a sci-fi movie, but it literally sounded like on some nights, you know, when the cats wouldn't come in, you could hear out in the fields. It sounded like someone had some kind of equipment and they were going up and down the fields, and you'd have to turn your lights on and you could hear it. It was. It was either out the front or out the side, you know. And so I would go periods where I, I would turn. You know, I'd have to turn on every single light in the house, you know, just to feel, um, uh, you know, like to relax, you know, because it was almost like once you put all the lights on, it would stop, you know, like whatever was outside was aware that somebody had heard something. Um, And when you did hear the sound outside the house, like I said, the cats would never come in the house and the cats always came in at night. They'd never come in, you know. I mean, it, it could have been, there could have been a bunch of explanations, but. You know, there was just there were just odd things that started to add up in that house. I had my my niece that came down from Auckland, 
you know, this would have been in the early, uh, oh, when would that have been? Early 2000s, somewhere around there. And I, I, um, I woke up out of a dead sleep. Why I woke up, I don't know. You know, I don't know what, what made me wake up. And I could hear these footsteps up the, um, up the, the stairs in the hallway next to me. And it wasn't just like one person. It was like more than one person. And I could hear, I could hear like a conversation going on between, I don't know what they were. I don't know what it was, to be honest. I, I don't have a clue, but it, there was a conversation between two somethings um, that was in no language that I had ever heard in my life. It was like a language I can't even dis- It wasn't projected though. It was like a, well, it was like a conversation and there was two of them and it was like no language that I could even, like, I can't even place where you would Like it just didn't sound like anything you would hear on earth. And I could hear the footsteps going up and up and up and up the stairs and these two whatevers are having a conversation with each other in some language I have never heard in my life. And I, was, I, I, I wasn't going to go up to the door and I wasn't going to open their door. And I put the head over my pillow. I was petrified to shit. And um, actually, it was not long after I put my head on the pillow and covered my ears that, you know, I must have gone off to sleep, you know. Um, but that only happened when my niece was there, you know, that that, that kind of interaction we, we had. Um, but my mother was convinced. Actually, because there was a lot of different odd things, I tried to get an explanation out of a psychic. And I, I can't I can't say that's the truth because I, you know, I have to, there's no verifiable evidence. So I have to look at it with a grain of salt if it's, and just say, you know, it's a possibility, but I don't know if it's true. And I spoke to a psychic because we had a space person, they walked straight through the walls. What actually woke my mother up to let the dog out was that she said, was, she said all the lights in the downstairs bedroom lit up with light. She said it was like outside all the windows, it was like bright, bright white light, like something had lit all the lights up. And she heard a sound. She, she, she commented more about the sound than me. She heard a sound, and then all these lights came through the window, and then it kind of lasted for a while, and that's what woke her up. And that's what she got up to let the dog out because that had woken her up. But um, she she started seeing a little boy in the house, um, and he would, he, would, he would manifest and disappear. And when she described the boy to me, I actually had an encounter with him one day as well. And I looked, I was down, I had a, I had a computer at one point, at one point downstairs in, in the old, uh, like an old carport. It was a little bit, my father put a, a wall in the large window and, and I had a computer in a little spot there. And this little boy came up one day out of no, I didn't see him more come from anywhere. He was looking through the window and I had some, you know, on my computer. Um, I was like, where did the hell this little boy come from? And I looked and he, you know, he kind of, as I looked around, he kind of ran towards the gate. And then as a, as a, then a minute later, I got out, you know, and I walked upstairs and I opened the door and I looked out towards, you know, the, it was a driveway just in front of the house, you know, and with a gate. And I walked up. I couldn't see where the little boy went. But I spoke to a psychic and, she, you know, again, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if this is true or not. But she said to me that, and I explained a few things to her, and she said, what had actually happened? She said, at some point, she said, she said the she said the reason these this being or person or whatever you want to call it was looking through the cupboard. She said she, that being was looking for the little boy because she said for some reason they stopped somewhere where you are 
and the little boy was not supposed to come out of the craft, but he did. And it, it was one of their kids or something. And they were actually looking for their own little boy and they had stopped somewhere. This was according to her. The craft had stopped somewhere and the boy had gotten out of the craft where he shouldn't have and it was one of their siblings. So she thought that the boy, the little boy that, that, that was manifesting in the house and disappearing, she believed was actually one of their kids that had, had got lost or somehow got lost or, you know, was here when they weren't even supposed to be here. How, how true that is, I don't honestly know. I have no clue if that's true or not. Uh, but she had she had some weird experiences too in that house. And, you know, just, uh, you know, she had, I remember she had, she told me about an experience. She had like a being come to the door. She said it was a person. Uh, but, she, but she said, she wouldn't elaborate, but there's something not quite right about this person. I can't remember what she said it was. There's something not quite right. I think they rang the bell and then they started knocking, knocking at the door, knock, and there was just something persistent about this one person that just seemed unusual. It was persistent, persistent. And she said they, because the window was reflective, they couldn't see her standing looking at it, you know. But she said if, if it wasn't the fact that the window was reflective, it probably wouldn't have known I was there. But she said it was just something was really not quite right about its persistence. You know, and that was one of the first unusual things that she had with the house. So from that thing, you know, from that thing coming through the house and uh, which was, I think, was the last year that we, we were there. I Before we left, I, me and my mum were like, actually, we're really happy that the house is up. So because the, the accumulation of odd things in this house, just, you just it's just, you know, just that whole, the whole area, you know, with the, with the strange creature down the road. Intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Remember how I talked to you about, you know, the, how I saw that creature that I called it the potato? Well, um, that wasn't actually, it, I was actually thinking about it and I wasn't quite right. I actually saw that thing on multiple occasions. There was another occasion I saw it. There was about four or five of us outside, um, but the details are hazy in my mind. I can't recall the details exactly, but I remember saying to, I think there was a group of us outside from the organization. I said, noticed it walking up the road further down. And I said, Ken, and I didn't want to look that way, honestly. I just turned around and I just, I, I had enough by this point because, and I just said to one of the people there, I said, can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? She said to me, oh, we're going to get in the car. I said, why? She says, well, I don't want to be here. And I said, why don't you want to be here? She goes, well, there's something not quite right. And she couldn't tell me what wasn't quite right. And then she just wanted me to get in her car and drive off to her place. And, that, and so something had creeped her out, but she wouldn't actually tell me what she'd seen or what it was. But she didn't want to stay around. Um, so she drove me to her house. And then later on, she said to me, yeah, yeah, I saw something really strange. She says, but I don't want to talk about it kind of thing. She didn't want to go into it. Um, she just wanted to be at home. I remember when I, when I started at that, that organization, one of the people commented to me, the woman, Joan, 
um, who I spoke about, she had seen something, but she wouldn't tell anyone what she'd seen. Like something had been brought up at some point that she'd seen something odd, but she wouldn't ever tell anyone what she saw. And, you know, uh, I actually tried to press her one day about what she had seen. And it was like, she wouldn't say anything, you know, she, she, for whatever reason, she didn't feel like she was comfortable telling me what she had seen or what it was, you know. What was odd was there was another occasion I remembered when I was in the, in this non-profit organization and I think I was, she was at doing her office stuff because she was in the corner of the room and I was fucking around with something or helping out doing something on the computer. And I do remember her, this was another occasion, and I do remember her saying to me, um, don't knock. And I was like, what the hell are you, what are you talking about? Don't, you know, and I hadn't seen someone, I hadn't noticed someone had come in behind me and she said, don't look, don't look. And what was the other thing she said? Oh, don't pay any attention. Don't pay any attention. I'm thinking, what's that all about? Like, what, what is she, you know, what, what is this all about? You know, um, I don't remember anything else from that point. You know, I don't, I can't remember, um, what happened next or anything like that. You know, I can't remember. I think, you know, I, th- I think maybe they might have, I'm not sure, but I think they might have walked in the other room or walked out or something. Or I can't remember exactly what happened at that point, but I do remember that um, at one point she actually had pre warned me. For some reason, she obviously at some point, you know, um, I don't know, hate, you know, must have been aware that there's something totally unnatural about this person or whatever it was or whatever you wanted to call it but i think what creeped me out the what creeped me out what creeped me out and stopped me actually stopped me visiting the organization what really creeped me out was she had left joan had left she'd left she'd been there for so many years and she left and she was training up a new person and that new person to me there was just something a little bit they were just an odd person i mean there's just something about them that was odd but not as old as this old lady, there's just she was just a little bit odd, I thought, and I couldn't put my finger on what odd was. She was just like um, different, you know. And then she said to me one day, it had nothing to do with anything spacey or anything like that. She was into some weird cult religion, you know. And so I, at least I had some kind of understanding, maybe why I picked up a strange vibe with her. But um, I was in there one day, and then I think I walked out into the the kitchen or the back room or something and I was doing something and the strange figure walked in again, you know, the one with a face you couldn't really see and it came in and, and, and I couldn't see it come in but I could see it as I looked towards the door out from the kitchen per, you know, room but it had walked towards here and I looked at them and you know, I couldn't hear a conversation, I looked at both of them it was, she was looking at it, it was looking at her and I couldn't hear a conversation, could hear nothing and I thought that was really weird you know, I couldn't hear anyone talking. I couldn't see any body language. So I, so, so I actually, I actually went. It was like, and I kind of watched because I was a little bit fascinated. And I, 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 yeah, I didn't really know what to think. Um, but anyway, so I kind of watched it, and then the figure kind of after a minute walked off again, and I went up to her, and you know, the organisation was really nice. You know, they were quite good, and I said to her, oh. You know, what did that person want? You know, just being, you know, what, you know, what was that about? You know, um, and she said to me, Oh, it's not your business to ask. It's, it's, um, client confidentiality. 
I was thinking, but you weren't actually talking to anyone. There was no there was no conversation that I could hear. So that kind of spooked me a little bit. And then after that, I never went back. I just and I often I I kind of wondered like, did she have some kind of connection to this being or not? But I don't think she did. I think the vibe I just got from her was that she was in some. She was it wasn't a cult, or well, is technically a cult, but she was tied in with the Baha'i faith, which is technically a cult, but it's 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 very um, non-dangerous or anything like that. You know, it's very free and easy kind of religion. But I, what got me though was with this creature was I I I have to I honestly swear that I pinched myself because I thought I was hallucinating or in a daydream or honestly, I felt, I felt like I was in a movie set because it was just, and I'm thinking, why is no one screaming? Like, no, why is no one screaming? Well, you know, well, I think there would be some kind of interaction, but it was just so frightening. And uh, if someone was to actually put me into hypnosis, I would probably be able to pull out all the details about what it looked like. But um, I do vaguely, I do vaguely remember though that whatever it was it, it didn't fit it didn't fit like a gen like a like a group that you would be able to associate with like like you know you you know like what's an animal what's an insect and and you know um whatever i looked at i do remember thinking it, it kind of had a vaguely vaguely remember thinking something about there was it had, it had characteristics of a reptile and, you know, characteristics of a bug. But as to all the details, I just, you know, I, I honestly swear it was just so scary that my, my brain overlaying some kind of mask, so I just couldn't. But what is interesting is that area, though, the wire up, the, the, the local Maori actually have, have legends of Taniwha up there. Um, so the area's had, like, two large earthquakes in the last hundred years, you know, and and. But the the Mary have legends of Tanifa up there, which is is their way of. And I've often wondered, I've often wondered if if that's what the Mary and the area were actually talking about. That the Tanifa, the stories of the Tanifa, are actually the stories of this thing appearing because that used to be all like a forest kind of swamp area. So I've often wondered if if that was what the Tanifa was to them, you know? Well, you know, that's, I, I, I always, and I can't remember who told me, I think it was a friend or Mary friend or something, she said that they had, the local Mary had stories of Tanifa in that area. It was known within the local Mary that there were stories of Tanifa there. You know, you must encounter some really strange stories of, you know, other, what other people have seen and encountered. I mean, I think with my father though, like I said, my father never believed me. But he had he had he had a really bizarre experience. Um, and he was driving into Wellington from the wherever, and I don't know all the details, but something came out from the hills, went in front of the car, and was hovering at exactly the same speed as a car, so many meters in front of the car. So he had enough to just to see the I think you know like ten or ten meters or five meters right in front of the car for maybe half an hour it was an orb of some description or kind and he actually lost time because by the time he arrived he arrived i think it was half either half an hour or an hour late and he actually took a photo of it and he showed it to his boss and he actually got on with his quote his boss quite well and his boss said to him i think it was his boss or a manager or whoever it was he showed them the photo and they said you better delete that photo and dad said why and the guy said to him it's dangerous to have photos like that i don't know if it was just dead. The, the way that they saw things, but he 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 removed the photo, 
but you know, it kind of changed his mind about this whole thing, the UFO. Oh, um, now there was one other thing which was really odd. Um, and I've actually got an audio recording of it somewhere because I pulled it up about about year no about a year and a half ago or a year ago. There was a sound in the in the house that we're in at the moment. We live in Parapara and to me it sounded like my impression was it was late at night. My impression was it was like you could just barely hear it, but it was like you couldn't hear enough to be one hundred percent sure what you were hearing. But it sounded like someone had gone into the bathroom, had opened up the cupboards for whatever reason. I could hear the cupboard go in the bathroom at some point. Um, and the doors, we had the two doors opposite my room, we had plastic up because we have a Dachshund. So you could hear something which sounded like plastic moving. Reason that set me off for recording. That's right, my door handle, well, I think it was the night before my door handle, Someone had tried to open my door, and my door uh, is being fixed now because the door, you had to really shut it to jam it. And it's really hard for maybe for you to understand, but because I've had so many weird things happen over the years, um, I'm paranoid about doors. They have to be shut because it gives me a feeling of safety. I know it sounds strange for a person, but that's me. Um, So the door, you know. um, And someone had actually tried to open my door, like, Someone had tried to press against the door and open it, um, and no one was awake. The house was locked, so there was obviously some kind of force trying to open the door in my room. But obviously, that and it was a bastard of a, excuse me, it's a but before it got fixed, it was a bastard of a door to try and open. So it obviously tried and given up. And for some reason, I don't know if it was that, but or a sound that I heard, I decided to set the audio on record. There was some kind of conversation that happened. I can't... It's funny, when I played the audio back to a couple of friends, they all heard different things. They all heard something different in their mind, what they had heard. But to me, it sounded like the, it sounded like a person, to me, saying strong. It sounded like something had gone into that bedroom, the, the bedroom out the front, which is the one opposite me. They'd been in there, touched the plastic on the door, because, you know, and come out. They were in the hallway... They'd gone to the bathroom, picked something up, and then you could hear this, you know, those uh, air, those air breathing masks that divers use? Breathe in, it's a kind of sound. It was that sound that the audio had picked up. It was a, they, uh, there was some kind of conversation you could barely make out. And then on the audio, it was just like a, a, an air mask. So there was something out there, but as to what the hell it was, I don't know because I had the phone sitting in my room on record. Um, and I thought to myself, if I just leave my phone on record, maybe it might happen. Another, maybe something weird might happen again the next night. You know, And sure enough, it did. But it was only two nights. But if you like creepy, this will do it for you. Okay? Here we go. Are you prepared? But but then the other thing that struck me though about the whole thing was that I was actually expecting when I saw that all these 
dozen UFOs in the sky, you know, these little, all these red lights, I honestly thought that the next day I would, like, hear something on the local radio or in the local rig, I would see something about people seeing UFOs in the sky, but, you know, not a bugger had seen a thing. I just thought that was weird. I just, I just honestly thought that was weird. And I tell you the other thing that I tell you the other thing that was odd as well that happened, the other weird thing that happened, but I don't think this has anything to do with UFOs or anything like that. One of my friends at the time, this was going back about two years ago. One of my friends, she, you know, when I used to visit her, uh, you know, she was telling me, you know, on a couple of visits, you know, her, her grandmother's dying, you know, and she's really sick and. And she said to her grandmother, and she she said to me, you know what? She said, I said to my grandmother, if there is life after death, or I want you to, can you can you prove it to me or do something to prove that there's life after death? And he, she said she told this to her grandmother. Her grandmother said yes, that she would do something to prove that there is life after death. Well, anyway, it must have been either the day that she died or, you know, the night before that she died, I woke up in the morning and my cell phone was on the floor, um, which was not unusual, but it was on the floor plugged into the charger. But what woke me up wasn't the sunlight or me or uh, the sunlight or anything like that woke me up. My phone was on the floor um, plugged into the charger next to the wall, you know, between my bed and the wall. And all I could hear was, and I leant down and my phone was on the ground and there was an orange orb, an orange orb that was hovering above the phone, you know, um, maybe, uh, what would that be? Maybe 10 centimetres off the phone. But it was towards the, the further back towards the phone. It was a, a small orb that was hovering above the phone. And I thought, oh, that's odd. But what was even odder was numbers were flying across the phone. It was pressing numbers on the phone. It had The phone was unlocked. That's the other thing that got me. The phone was unlocked. Um, and, you know, only I knew the code to unlock my phone. So the phone was unlocked. And it was dialing numbers like on a normal dial. It was on the dial program on the phone. And it was dialing all these really, 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 really long numbers. And I looked down and you, you could see that there was all these numbers racing across the screen. It was dialing. I kind of looked up and I, I looked at it and I took, took it in for like a second. And then I was kind of like, like, I've got to do a double take of that. And I was about to look down again and this orb, it rose up from the phone. It slowly, slowly rose up, rose up, rose up above the side of my bed. And I closed my eyes and it was that bright that you could see the orb, you know, kind of through your closed eyes. And I opened opened my eyes, and this orb slowly moved up towards the up towards the ceiling and went straight through the ceiling. Um, but it didn't actually frighten me. But it was just like at that particular time, I I didn't know anything about orbs, so I really didn't know what the story was about orbs. Anyway, later on that afternoon, now who was it that called who? I can't remember if she called me or I called her. And I said to her, I said, the most bizarre thing happened today. I said, it was just bizarre. And she said, oh, my grandmother died last night. 
she said, oh, yeah, something really bizarre happened too. But I interrupted her and I said, there was an orb in my room. All these numbers were flying across the screen. And I said, and then this orb flew up and went through the ceiling. And she says, well, I was just, she says, that's bizarre. I said, why? Because she says, I got a, I got a photo sent to me from a number I don't know. And she says it's of an orange orb. And it was an orange orb that was uh, floating above the phone that you know went straight through the ceiling. Um, as she tried calling that number, she couldn't get anyone to answer the phone. It just rang and rang and rang. So you know, I never, I never experienced like that anything like that before. So um, that's the first time I've ever had an encounter with an orb. Yeah, no, that that, that struck me as strange. It, it didn't, it didn't bother me or worry me or anything like that. So I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your uh, your stories with the listeners. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And um, thank you very much for your time there, Nick. <laughs>